So this week I had on my to-do list, write an email to Kay. Uh, Kay, we know because her daughter was our babysitter way back when, her daughter's Megan is now all grown up, ER nurse, married, and so on and so forth. But um, uh, Kay's last five months ago was diagnosed with cancer. And so I was just going to drop her a note and see how she's doing. But coincidentally, I got a note from a mutual friend this week as well that said, hey, uh, Kay's health has really taken a turn for the worst. Megan's in town and she's not looking good. All of a sudden, that email that was just going to be a two-line two email say, hey, checking in with you now seemed a little bit more serious. What do you say? a little bit more thought going into that email and and maybe you I, I'm sure many of you have been in a situation where you are looking for the right words for that situation and I know I know a picture is worth a thousand words and uh, I know that uh, actions speak louder than words but the truth of the matter is words still matter probably even more than what you and I give them credit for. This weekend, we are celebrating Saints Triumphant Day. A day on which we thank God for the completed races, for those who have fought the good fight and are now counted among the Saints Triumphant at our Savior's side. As a congregation, this weekend we celebrate that Ed Young, has finished his race. And as I think about Karen and her family coming to church this weekend, it's like, okay, what are the words that I'm going to want to say to them specifically? And you are in similar situations. Or you can maybe think about it this way. If, if um, you have lost a loved one or you're thinking about a loved one right now, what words would you want someone to say to you? Apostle Paul gives us some wonderful words that we can use today. A very heartfelt letter to the Christians living in the city of Thessalonica. This is his first letter to them. And, and the words are so fitting for what we're talking about today because the Thessalonians always seem to have death on their mind. And if they weren't talking about death itself, they're talking about what comes after death, or they were talk, talking and thinking about Judgment Day. In fact, if you look at that first letter to the Thessalonians, every chapter ends with some reference to Judgment Day. And so these words, like I said, are, are very fitting uh, for us. Unfortunately, here was, here was one difference, is that the Thessalonians weren't so much celebrating saints triumphant. They were celebrating what, let's call it saints triumphant. See, even though they knew that their loved ones knew Jesus while they were alive, they weren't absolutely certain that their loved ones were with Jesus now. Or they also were a little bit confused about this whole Judgment Day thing. Do you have to be alive when Jesus comes back in order to reap all the benefits of what he has done? I mean, can you imagine that? That, that they thought that you only have to have living ears to hear that last trumpet? Only living ears to, to hear that arch, arch, archangel you know, shout out that loud command? 
I, I mean, how troubling that would be. Yeah, I would, I would never want to take my last breath if I knew I was going to lose not just my life, but everything that comes in the afterlife if I wasn't alive when Jesus comes back. Uh, you know, and so, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of, of what I hear so often uh, when, I've, when I've conducted or presided or preached for funerals, probably 100 plus or so in my career. And by far the most quoted phrase that I hear is, I can't imagine doing this without faith. Or I can't imagine doing this without the certainty, the promise of a reunion or the promise or certainty of a resurrection. Now, by God's grace, you and I don't have that uncertainty like the Thessalonians did. Unlike the Thessalonians, we know that we're going to rise again. We know that our loved ones are going to rise again. We know about heaven and that it's ours no matter whether or not we're living when Jesus comes back or not. Nonetheless, the words that we're about to look at today aren't irrelevant just because we're struggling or celebrating saints triumphant with a Y instead of an I. They are just as encouraging, just as uplifting, just as fitting for us to consider today. In fact, Apostle Paul tells us, encourage each other with these words. So what are these words? Well, let's read them through. This is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now let's just kind of pick these words apart. He starts off here and says, hey, we don't want you to be uninformed. I, I know ignorance is bliss, but not so much when it comes to death or what follows death. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I wonder if that's what we or others so often opt to do, you know, well, maybe we're sick or a loved one is sick, and we, we almost take this approach, well, if I ignore it long enough, it will just go away. Or we, we fail to ask the question, what if? What if this chronic pain isn't just arthritis, but it's a tumor? What if this miracle drug isn't a miracle drug? What if this vaccine doesn't work? What if? I, and I'm not saying we should just be, you know, totally paranoid about things. There is value. You talk to any doctor or nurse, they talk about how being optimistic when, when facing health issues is, is a huge bonus. And I'm, and I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of our bodies. Yeah, I mean, we should follow some of the safety, do whatever we can to stay healthy in our bodies. And, and I'm not just talking about the pandemic um, guidelines right now, but just on a regular basis, whether it's to exercise or to eat right or, or, or take our, our multivitamins. Our, our bodies are, are blessings from God. They are a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
And so I'm not saying ignore all of our physical needs, but, or, but at the same time, God does not want us to bury our heads in the sand when it comes to death. Death is reality. And I wonder, I wonder just a little bit if that's something that is more prevalent today and that people are having to come to grips with, with this whole pandemic. I mean, even though it's, I'm not trying to downplay the pandemic, but still, percentage-wise, you know, it's 2% of the people who have it is a mortality rate. You know, percentage-wise, it's still a rather small Chance of death, but man, are people talking about it? Are people worried about it? Are people maybe even freaking out about it? Why? Maybe, just maybe this is the first time that people are really facing the reality of their, the reality of their mortality. And maybe this is the first time that you're facing the reality of your mortality. Ever since the fall into sin, death is real. Death has been a reality for the world. Death has been a reality, will be a reality for you. And unless you are still alive when Jesus comes back, the percentages, the percentages of you dying, 100%. And because it's going to happen, like I said, unless Jesus comes back first, because it's going to happen, God says to you today, or God wants you to be informed about it. I don't want you to be uninformed. Why? Why? Just because God wants to be this, have us, you know, have all this doom and gloom in our life? No. Why? Because God wants, gets a kick out of seeing parents squirm when, when kids ask the tough question about death, whether it's about a pet or, or whether it's about Uncle Fred in the casket? No. God tells us why he doesn't want us to be uninformed. He says this, he says, I, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Now it's important, words matter, right? And don't cut off the words too soon. God does not say, because I don't want you to grieve. He doesn't say that at all. And I, and I think we swing that pendulum too far that way once in a while. As if it's wrong to cry. I remember sitting at my aunt's funeral and, and hearing my cousin say, I'm not going to cry and let the devil win. Man, do not, do not put that pressure on your shoulders. It's okay to grieve. Yeah, granted, there will be no tears in heaven. But tears on earth, yeah, they're there. We live in a world of tears. It's okay to grieve. Jesus grieved. So, so God does not say here, I don't want you to grieve. Look at carefully what he says. I do not want you to grieve like the rest of mankind where there is no hope. Hope, and there's an important word. There's a word that matters as well. Now, if you were with us last week online or in person, we, we talked a whole lot about hope, a kind of a sister word to trust. And our, our key, our verse last week was uh, 1 Timothy 4.10. Uh, we have put our hope in the living God, and that word shows up almost 200 other times throughout Scripture, uh, throughout the Bible. But why do we have hope? 
Why does that word matter here? Well, he goes on to explain. He says, who have no hope. Why? For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For, those, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. I love, I love how God answers our worries. He, he does this all over the way. He doesn't just answer or address our worries head on. He supersedes our worries. He goes beyond. Right? I mean, what's the Thessalonians worry right now? Oh, are our loved ones who have died in the Lord, are they going to miss out? And God comes and he says, no, they're not going to miss out. But then he goes on to say, in fact, you might say they even have an advantage. They're going, to, they're going to rise and be in the air first. But then it's like God anticipates our next set of worries, our next, next doubts. Okay, well, if those who died in the Lord are going to be in the air and they're going to rise first, well, what about me? Am, am I going to miss out on something now because I'm still alive when Jesus comes back? And, and Jesus, you know, without missing a beat, uh, through Paul's pen, God goes on to say, and after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the air, the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. You know, notice the double promise there. With them and with the Lord. With them. What a neat picture, right? Because as we're remembering loved ones or we're anticipating maybe even our own deaths, what, what is one of the lasting images we have in our mind? It's that, it's that separation where we were there in the hospital room and that door closed as we walked out for the last time. Or we saw that casket cover close. Or we saw that dirt thrown over the casket. Or we saw that, that urn go into the columbarium. And, and now we're no longer with them. And, and God just reverses that image. Now instead of a goodbye, it's a hello. It's a reunion. As you're, as you're there together in the air. And it's not just that you're together, you're also, you have a purpose to meet the Lord in the air. And you will be with the Lord forever. There's another word that matters, forever. I mean, if that kind of triggers, oh yeah, it kind of sounds like that. Um, I, I think of the, uh, what's that, uh, Sandlot, that classic uh, kids movie about baseball. And there's a line there, forever, forever. Um, that word matters. Not just because it's a quote from a kid's movie, so much more so. Because it addresses the very thing that death wants us to believe. Death wants us to believe that it's a goodbye. A forever goodbye. Forever assures us that there will come a time when goodbye will not even have to be part of our, our vocabulary. Because in heaven there will be no more separation. No more separation from each other. No more separation from the Lord. 
And, and while our minds can't wrap, their, wrap themselves around that, that's an important word. Forever. Therefore. Therefore. And that's another word that matters. I've said this numerous times. Anytime you see the word therefore, ask what it's there for. Well, because Jesus is coming back, because there's going to be the voice of the archangel, because the trumpet's going to blare, because we're going to be reunited with our loved ones in the air as they rise into the skies. Therefore, you can encourage each other with these words. And it's these words that I shared with Cain. Instead of stumbling over what can I say, there's no better words than these from the Lord. Can you read them with me? Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. There's another important word we could have talked about but we didn't today. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. And brothers and sisters, I pray you are encouraged by these words. In our living Savior's name, amen. Jerusalem, my happy home, when shed